going to discuss today the second, the second dibu. Uh, we already realized last week that um, there's a big difference in calling it the Aseret HaDibrot and the Ten Commandments. Uh, mainly because uh, there aren't only Ten Commandments. The first dibu we saw last week, it's not obvious that there really is a commandment there at all. And the second dibu, uh, it's not the second commandment, it contains at least uh, possibly four different commandments. If you go through it, uh, it says, So there's an issa to have other gods. Right? It's basically the inverse of the first uh, mitzvah, the first dibur. Uh There you have to believe in a Kajbar, he has to be our god, and uh, there's an issa to believe, to connect uh, to any other god. That's uh, Then it carries on. There's an issa to make Avodazara. Uh, a person would make a pestle, even if he wouldn't worship it, simply forming things to be used for Abu Dazar is already uh, prohibited. That's the second uh, Isu here. And then, we have two more. This is what we're going to focus on today. You can't bow down to an idol, and you can't serve an idol. Why? Because I'm a jealous, a zealous, jealous, zealous God, and I will visit this uh, sin upon you for many generations. So here we have two different things. Uh, not to bow down to them. Uh, not to worship, not to, to uh, serve uh, So the question is really what's, what's going on? What exactly is the distinction between uh, these two uh, is Surim, why do you need a separate uh, prohibition on bowing down if you already have a prohibition of of worshipping? Surely worshipping, bowing down is a type of worship. So what exactly is the difference? So I'll share with you basically the, the when we learn the Sechas of Dazarah, this is the Shir Peticha that Rav Lichtenstein gave us. At least the first half of what I'm going to speak today is the Shir Peticha of what Rav Lichtenstein gave us when we learned Abu Dazarah. And uh, maybe we'll take it a little bit further than he did in that shir. Uh, there's a Mishnah in Sanhedrin which tries to define uh, exactly how a person violates the Issa of doing Avadazra. Right? Not simply believing, but doing the actions that need to be done. The Mishnah says like this the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, Samacham and Bet. Ha'oved Avadazra. Echad ha'oved. Vechad hemizabeach. Vechad hemekater. Vechad hemenasech. So. Someone who serves Avadazara, and then it gives examples. It doesn't matter whether you serve. Mekater to bring katoret, incense. Menasech, uh, libations, pouring uh, wine or water on the uh, on a mizbeach. Vechad hamishdachaveh. And even somebody who just bows down. Oveh belotase. Okay, that's already a, a violation of the prohibition. And then the Mishnah gives two more examples. Hapo'eh atzmo'a lebal pa'or. Right? Zohi Avodata. Right? Baalpur had this uniquely uh, disgusting way of serving it. The person would uh, do their business. They would defecate in front of the idol. And that was the, considered the, the way to serve Baalpur. Right? The Gemara has a story of a uh, nice from Jew who was walking along one day and he saw a house of Avodazara and he thought, oh, what can I do to disgrace Avodazara? And he went into the house and he saw the idol and he did everything he could possibly imagine. It could be the most disgraceful thing he could do to be Mavaza, the Avadazara. And the, uh, the priests, it was having to be Baal Pa'or, and the priests were like, wow, we've never seen anyone give such cover to idol. 
he was a bit upset when he realized what he did. Anyway, so uh, that's Baal Pa'or. Right? That's the way you worship Baal Pa'or. Right? There's a lot of psychology involved, uh, a lot of machshava uh, involved in why that would be true, but that's Baal Pa'or. And Azaik Evan Merkulis, Zohi Abdata. The way this person would serve a Merkulis is there was a rock formation, and simply throwing rocks at the idol, at the uh, formation that represented Merkulis, would, uh, would already be its way of, of worshipping. So uh, the Gemara carries on and tries to clarify a little bit more about the distinction between these uh, Isarim. And it says, My Echad HaOved. Uh, what do you mean, both somebody who worships, and then we list all specific examples of worship. Right? Once you've told me, Mezabeach, Mekater, Menasech, Mishtach right? Bring a korban, incense, uh, libations, bowing. What, what are you adding at the beginning of the mission? Always mentioning worship in a generic way. So, this is the intention of the Mishnah. Well, you can split the Mishnah into two categories. There's Oved Kedarka and Oved Shalok Kedarka. Oved in the normal way, normal acts of worship, and, uh, or its normal act of worship. And Shalok Adarka, not in its normal act of worship. What does that mean? So if we go back to what we saw in the Mishnah, um, every Avadaz has its way it likes to be worshipped. So Baal Pa'or wants people to disgrace themselves in front of it. Merkulis wants people to throw stones at it. And the various different types of Avadaz have its unique way in which it's worshipped. So if you do Oved Kadarka, if you worship it in its way, even though it's, it's a crazy you know, unimaginable thing to do. You know, who would have thought that throwing stones at something is an act of worship? Who would have thought defecating yourself in front of an idol is an act of worship? But if that's what this idol uh, rule book defines as its worship, then, then you're liable for doing so. But even if you worship it in a way that it doesn't like to normally be worshipped, it's not its way of being worshipped, but it falls in the category of Mizabech, Mekater, Menaseich, and Mishdachadeh. These things which, where would we recognize them from? Our service of Hashem. These are the classic forms of Abadazara that we, uh, we find in the Beis HaMikdash. So if you do what, even one of those things, even if this specific Abadazara is not interested, so to speak, its rule book doesn't define these things as acts of worship, you know, who knows? I don't know if Baal Pa'or was interested in Korban or not. But a person brought a Korban to Baal Pa'or. So for that, he's also Chayev. He's both Chayev when it's Kedarka, that's what the uh, Baal Pa'or wants, and it's Chayev Shalok Kedarka. If he does something which, you know, we recognize this from the base of English, this is one of those acts of worship uh, that we recognize object, doesn't matter um, whether or not Baal Pa'or was interested in it or not, a person is still liable. Okay, so that's the mission that distinguishes between uh, the two types of Avadazara. Uh, the Rambam, the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvot, when he's bringing down the different Isurim of Avadazara, splits um, between the Pasuk of Lo Tishtachaveh V'lo Ta'avdein along the lines of this distinction. Have a look at Sefer Mitzvot here. Avah Mitzvah Chamishit The fifth negative mitzvah. Shizanu Mishtachaveh L'Avadazara To bow down to Avadazara V'omro Yitaleh Lo Tishtachaveh L'hem Lo Ta'avdein That's what it says in the Pasuk. The Ein HaKavana Isu Hishtachavaya Levada 
Don't think that when it says don't bow down, it's just referring to bowing down. It's not true. Ramnam zachar dava echad midarke avoda. Just mentioned one of the many acts of worship. Rotzonoma hishtachavaya vechein anu musharim mihakriv lahem ulenasech ulenakater. Right, this prohibition of mishtachaveh, of bowing down, also includes all other acts of, you know, giving honor through worship, of giving a korban, of, of uh, libations, of incense. Umisha'avar, alachat me'ela, mishtachaveh, o'ikriv, o'nasach, o'katar, chayav skila. So the Ram already says that this idea of loshtachaveh includes many, many different things. What the Mishnah calls avodash shalokadarka. Things which are objectively worship. Um, and if you apply it to any type of idol, so you're, you're chayv. And the Rambam's second mitzvah, yeah, mitzvah shishit, she'ezanami avodah v'dazara v'afilu b'zulat arba minim hakodmim. Any sort of worship, even if it's not one of these four types, is included. Avod p'tenai sh'tiyeh ota ha'avodah k'darka. That you worship it in its way. Rotsen amash yavod ota b'mashu derech ota ha'ne'evad sh'yavod bo. As long as you worship it in the way it wants to be worshipped, and he gives the examples of Baal and Amarkadis. So basically, we have these uh, two different categories. And we have to understand, like, what, what's the idea here? Um, you know, why, why should both prohibitions exist? And I guess the simple, the simple explanation is, is okay, I understand. If, if I, I'm Poerat's more, somebody's Poerat's more than Baal so I see, he looked in the rule book of Baal Pa'or and he saw that this is what you need to do. And there we did it. That's clearly an act of, of worship. But why is bringing a korban or doing a nisuchayayin in front of Baal Pa'or, why is that called worship? You know, Baal Pa'or is not interested. He's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. This is not the way I like to be worshipped. Why is doing these things in front of an idol when the idol is not interested really considered an act of worship? So, we've already said, I've hinted in my words, that it seems that these four types of things, again, korban, nisuchayayin, ketoret, and lishtachavot, uh, these four types of things are more sort of objective. We find them in a, by Hashem, so they seem to be some sort of objective way of uh, worshipping Hashem. But it's still not enough, because at the end of the day, surely to worship something means to, to serve, to, to provide the idol what it wants. Right? To submit to the idol. And if Avodah is submitting to an idol, to, to demonstrate that I'm you know, subservient to it, and that's what Avodah means, to present myself as an Eved to it. So if I do something the idol's not interested in, even if you tell me, ah, oh, this is an objective act. But, but at the end of the day, I haven't really connected up, connected up to the idol. So why... Why are these things included in the prohibition? In fact, there's a separate independent prohibition to uh, prohibit Avadash Allah Kedarka. Um, so the truth is, we have to really define what exactly is the problem. Avadash is not just a problem of, of, uh, of connecting to it. It's clear. It has to be something more than that. And uh, we could ask a Hakira every time somebody goes from place A to place B, so we're always going to ask the Chakira, is the main thing leaving place A or connecting to place B? Right? Famous place, Alevi, Vietze Yaakov, Be'er Shava, Vayelech, 
Kharana. Right? If he's going to Haran, why do you need to tell me that he left Beersheva? Right? Just simply say, he went to Haran. Obviously, he left Beersheva because that's where he was. So basically, he says, yes, because when, when Yaakov left Beersheva, he was leaving Beersheva. There was an independent reason to leave Beersheva, irrespective of where he was going. Right? He was, that was his kibbutz uh, aim. Just get out of here. Asa wants to kill you. Uh, but he had another specific reason to end up in Haran. Because uh, his father, Kibbutz his father wanted to go and find a wife there. So we always have to ask, when you're going from place to place, is the Ika where you're leaving, or the Ika where you're going to? So it's going to be the same thing with Abedazara. What is the fundamental problem in Abedazara? Is the problem the connecting to the Abedazara, or is the problem the leaving, the leaving and walking away from the Kaddish Baruch? And here, here Lechor is the, is the key to understanding the difference between Avadazara Kedarka and Avadazara Shalok Kedarka. If the Icar is connecting up to this new idol, this new Avadazara, and the problem is the becoming subservient and connected and, and, and an Eved of this, of this Pesel, so then we understand. Until you actually ovate Kedarka, until you've actually entered its orbit and understood what it wants and serves Put yourself in servitude of this of this Avodah So uh, you haven't yet fully connected. You're not fully a, uh, a servant of this of this uh, falsity. But if the problem isn't just connecting to Avodah the problem is leaving Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So any time you begin to direct our service, any time you begin to direct your service to to Avodah to something other than Hashem. There's already a... Ah, that specific Abedazara isn't interested in this type of... This form of worship. It doesn't matter. By directing Avodah somewhere other than a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you've already started to walk away from Hashem. Chas v'shom. And that, that's Abedazara Shalokadarka. It's still Abedazara. If you like it, it's not... It's Abedazara. You're doing Avodah, which is Zara. It's foreign. It's not to Hashem. Even if you haven't yet connected to a, a thing in Abedazara. So that seems to be the really distinction here. Lishtachaveh, and all first, everything including the fifth mitzvah here, are things which normally we're directing to Hashem. And if a person takes things which should have been directed to Hashem, the objecting find is of Hashem, and he directs them somewhere else, he's leaving Hashem, that's a problem. And even if the things that aren't normally Hashem, but, but what you're doing is connecting up to an idol, then it's in, in self independently a problem. I think this is uh, definitely the shut. In, uh, in the Gemara in uh, Tanis. If you have a look here on the Gemara in Tanis stuff, hey, quotes a, uh, the Tochacha of Yirmiyahu. Amalei Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak. My dichtiv. What does it mean in the passage in Yirmiyahu? Kishtayim ra'ot asa ami. That my people did two different bad things. Artin, Udahavi. There were two. What were these two things? Right? The Lord just doing one thing. Avadazara. Amalei hachi amar Rabbi Yochanan. Achat she kula kishtayim. There was one thing that was really considered two things. Umay nihu avodazara. Avodazara is actually two different things, which is really one thing. Dechdev kishtayim raot asa avi. And what were those two things? Oti azvo azvu makochayim. They left the source of life. They left Hashem. To uh, hew for themselves empty, useless, and pit. 
Ryan claim contains both problems. Leaving Hashem, the source of the Mayim Chayim, the source of life, and connecting to, to Avodah Zarah. And halachically, that splits between the two different, uh, two different prohibitions mentioned in, uh, in the end of the Dibu. Okay, so that's the, uh, the basic distinction between the two. Uh, the question is how far can we take the, uh, this distinction and where can we see uh, um, places where we have one without the other? Um, there's a funny Pesach, very interesting Pesach, of the Rambam. Uh, the Rambam brings all the halachas of, uh, of non-Jews in Hilfas Malachim. talks about all the mitzvot b'nei Noach. And one of the Sheva mitzvot b'nei Noach is, is Avodah Zarah. But when he brings it, and in the context of what we just said, we'll realize the significance, he's, he uh, really reveals a very interesting uh, distinction between the prohibition of Avodah Zarah by us and by non-Jews. The Rambam says in uh, Perek Tet in Hilfas Malachim, Ben Noach, Sha'avad Avodazara, Harezechayev. Fine, it's one of the mitzvot in Noach. But then he adds, Vehu Sha'avod Darka. Now, based on what we said, it's amazing. Ramam saying, a non Jew is only Chayev for worshipping Avodazara Kadarka. Or if we put it into the context of what we said, a non Jew is only Chayev if he connects up with the Avodazara. He does what the Avodazara wants, he submits. But Simply performing some objective act of worship that we found the base on Mikdash for for this uh, for Baal oh, won't do anything. Leaving Hashem isn't yet Avodah Zarah for a non-Jew. It is for a Jew, but it's not for a non-Jew. For a non-Jew, it's only connecting up to Avodah Zarah. Now, why why is that true? So when we learn this from Lichtenstein, said ah, this is based on the Ramban al Torah. Uh, the Rambam. In Meren um, Menuvuchim makes the following observation. The Ramban quotes: "Lo nimtza bekatuv b'shum makom, shiavol Hashem kina b'shem anichbad ki im be'inyan avodah zarah bilvad." The idea of kina, kina is jealous, jealousy or zealous jealousy or zealousness for for the jealousness, right? Um, same shorish, the elus. Um, the only time the Lashon of Kina appears in the whole of Tanakh is in the context of Avodah Zarah. Hashem isn't a kanoi for, for eating chazir or for murder or for this or for that. But when it comes to Avodah Zarah, suddenly we find the idea this midr of Hashem is a kanoi. So the Ramban take quotes this Ramban and adds an extra, an extra chidush. He says, Ulevi she has ki kinab avodazrah bi Yisrael bilvad. Not only does it only apply to avodazrah, it only applies to Jewish avodazrah when Jews do avodazrah. Why? V'tama kina ki Yisrael skulat Hashem anichbad ashi hivdalem hivdilam lo kasher pirashti lamala because we are Hashem's beloved, special chosen people. V'nei im am shalom shartav ponim elohim achirim yikanei behem Hashem. If we would uh, turn. To uh, other gods, so then Hashem gets zealous and jealous. Just like a man would get jealous and be zealous for his wife, where she's to go to others. His Ebed who would leave for go for another master. Other nations, Hashem doesn't have that special relationship with. If you look throughout Tanakh, 
the, the nature of the relationship between man and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not man, the Jewish people. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is described as the relationship between a husband and a wife. We're married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Over and over again, throughout Nevi, especially Nevi Achronim, the relationship of man being married to HaKadosh Baruch Jewish people being married to HaKadosh Baruch And therefore when we, Chas Shalom, leave Hashem to go to Abba Dazara, it's like, it's like adultery. There's a Medrash, uh, the uh, Tosfot, Dasa Kenyan Baliyah Tosfot brings the, uh, on the Aserah Sadibrot, that all the Aserah Sadibrot are, from the first five and the second five, are parallel. So the first one is parallel to the sixth one, and the second to the seventh, and the third to the eighth. You can learn a lot of things about through that comparison. The second of the Dibrot is Abu Zarah. The second one on the second tablet, I, the, six, the seventh one is, is adultery. Abu Zarah to Hashem is like adultery of a husband and wife. It's forsaking, it's breaking, it's, it's violating that close relationship. And that's why, that's why distinction Jews and non-Jews exist. For Jews, there are two problems in Avodah Zarah. We're married to Hashem. Any, any uh, stia, any, any turning away from Hashem on any sort of level is already a violation of our marriage to Hashem. And therefore, even Avodah Zarah, Shalokadarka, is a problem. Whereas for non-Jews who don't have that unique relationship to Hashem, they don't have that uh, marriage that, uh, that uh, elicits this jealous zealousness from Hashem. So for them, they only chayev once, it's full-blown Avodah It's real Avodah It's actually connecting. And that's what the Ramah means in, in Hilchos uh, Melachim. Um, now, it could be, and here is a suggestion, that this distinction expresses itself in one other place, which uh, is something we, many of us have encountered. And that's a really an age-old question, how to, view, how to view Christianity. What is the status of, of Christianity in Allah? What, what's the problem? So, one of the core Christians' beliefs is the Trinity, which is a very difficult thing to get your head around. There's somehow three which is one and one which is three, right? They believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but they also believe that there was a man who was part with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So, so is that Avodah Zarah because they're worshipping a man? Or is it not Avodah Zarah because they think that man is, is really God and, and he's not distinct from God, he is part of God. But they're, they're basically joining up humans together with, with Hashem. How do you view that? The truth is the Machlech doesn't necessarily begin with us. Even in the world of Christendom, there is tremendous Machlech. The Protestants accuse Catholics of being uh, over the Avodah Zarah. You know, and uh, they did all the sugyas there, I guess, and uh, they worked it out. Uh, but if we leave aside there, that, those machlokesim, we just say, okay, but gadol, how, do, how does Judaism view Christianity? So there are basically three different approaches. There's the Rambam, there's the Me'iri, and, and Tosfot. Uh, the Rambam is crystal clear. Uh, in Hilchus Abedazra, the very, very beginning, the Rambam describes the history of Avodah Zarah. And describing the history of Avodah Zarah, he talks about how man initially, everyone recognized who God Kodesh Baruch Hu was, and he was the creator of the world, and they only dubbed him to Hashem. But after a while, they started thinking, well, you know, there are other things associated with Hashem, the stars and the, and the forces of, uh, uh, behind those stars. And they started to honor these 
stars, these constellations, in addition to Hashem. And, uh, and over time, they basically forgot about Hashem being behind everything and just started worshipping reading the stars themselves. But the Rambam describes that even in the first stage, he says, Now there's even what we call shituf. Shituf, when you join something which isn't Hashem together with Hashem, for the Rambam, that's already Avodazara. And then when he comes to talk about Christianity, it's not a question. Of course, for the Rambam, Christianity is full-blown Avodazara. If you have a look at the Perisha HaMishnayot of the Rambam, in Avodazara here, it's the, uh, the uncensored version, because uh, many, many of the copies of the Rambam were censored for obvious reasons. Da, Shazot HaUmaha Notsrit, this Christian nation. Ha'omedet betanat HaMashiach, all into Mashiach. Al Chiluf Kitotea, all the different groups of, of uh, Christianity. Kulam of the Avodazara. They should all be considered idol worshippers. Videhen, Kulam Asurim. Their festivals are all forbidden for us, since it's forbidden to do, basically do business with them on their festivals, as the first Mishnah in Avodazara describes. We should treat them like any other idol, idol um, idolaters. V'yom Rishon, Sunday, who bichlal edehem shel goyim. It's one of their festivals. V'lefichach eimotal aseit latet imam in a mashiach b'yom Rishon klal b'devam in a devarim. So a person shouldn't do business with a Christian on the, on Sunday because it's their festivals. And you're allowed to business with an idolater on his festival. And a nogim ahem b'yom rishon k'mosh nogim of the avodazara b'yom idan v'kach b'yeh hatalmud. Okay, so that's the, the opinion of the Rambam, unequivocal that uh, avodazara is Christianity is avodazara. The Meiri took the opposite extreme. Uh, he says koshu ma'amim hamegudurim b'darche adat. Any nation which is basically upstanding ethical nation. They basically worship Hashem in some sort of form. Even though their faith seems to be very distant from ours. They're not considered an idol worshiper. We treat them like, like Jews. The, the Meiri seems, and he repeats this idea many, many times, that it seems to hold that it's true. Uh, we hold Christians made a mistake. They're, they're wrong. There aren't three, which is one, and one, which is three. And uh, Yeshu is a man. He's not a, he's not a Kodesh Baruch Hu. They're wrong. But like that level of mistake, what they're doing, we, we don't have a right to really define as, as idolatry. It's just called a mistake. It's a theological mistake. But we shouldn't view them as idolaters. Okay, so that's the Meiri. Is a really a Das Yachid amongst the Rishonim. Um, the general Menang Ashkenaz seem to follow uh, the opinion of Tosfot. And Tosfot's Shittim is very, very perplexing. Tosfot says like this. Uh, Tosfot in uh, the beginning of Bechoros. Odd, and this is the reason Tosfot says this, because the Ramah basically quotes Tosfot, Lalacha. Odd Piresh Rabbeinu Tam, Bizman Hazeh, Kulan Nishbaim Bekadishin. Today, everyone seems to be uh, um, giving oaths on their saints. They ain't Tosfot Ben Elokos. Don't say they hold their saints uh, are godly. Okay, so we don't need to worry. What's the discussion here? The discussion here is a Jew and a non-Jew going to a business agreement together. And what's the concern? If you go into a business agreement and then later on you have a, a dispute, so how do you resolve your dispute? I say this happened, you say that happened. So you have to give an oath. And I have to make him take an oath. 
But when he takes an oath, he's going to give an oath, I swear by the Almighty, and he'll fill in the shame of his, of his God. But if he's going to say, you know, God and Yoshka, then, then I'm causing him to do Avodah Zarah. So if they mention just their saints, you know, saint, uh, whoever it is, so then, okay, they don't think they're God. But what's the problem? Even though when they mention God, they're not really thinking about God, they're thinking about a man, thinking about Yeshu. Right, if you look in the gears of the Rebbein Yocham of this Tosso, he says straight out that uh, when they say God, they're really talking about uh, Yeshu. Yeshu Anotsri. Ein zeh sheim avadas kachavim. That's not called avadazara. Ki da'atam l'sheim osir shemayim v'aretz. They are in thinking about the Creator. They just think this person is the Creator. But they're trying to worship the Creator. So that's not a problem. It's true that they're trying to combine God with something else. You don't have to be worried about doing this to them. Why? He says, non-Jews, there's no prohibition of Shittuf. It's a Jewish problem. So I can't do Shittuf. For me, it would be Abba Zarah. But for the non-Jew, it's Mutter. And so there's no problem for me to cause him to do shittuf. Now, how do we understand this? So it fits in very nicely with everything we said. Shittuf is, is really, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to pin, pin down. On the one hand, you're still worshipping Hashem, but you've, like this, you've brought somebody else into the picture that clouds the issue. It's not pure worship of Hashem anymore. There's something else there. But you claim that other extra thing which is there is Hashem. So, is that Avadazara? But it should fit in the lines of everything we said. If the Yisod of Avadazara is idolatry, is adultery, is nus, so, so even, you know, a husband who starts, flirt, you know, flirting with another woman, brings another woman to the house and, uh, you know, treats uh, her like her, like his wife. So, even before you get to full-blown adultery, adultery, you've already violated many lines. That's already a part of the world of adultery. Any compromise is a problem. But if the problem is only full-blown Avadazara, connecting to, up to something which isn't Hashem, so then maybe, maybe, it makes sense what Tosfot says, at least that's the way you have to explain Tosfot. The Tosfot sees Shittuf isn't really connecting to something other than Hashem, and therefore it's not prohibited to a non-Jew. Now, how do we explain the Rambam? Because we said the Rambam was a source for this distinction. The Rambam was a source of this idea of the difference between Jews and non-Jews. So why doesn't the Rambam make this distinction by Christianity? So I think for the Rambam, already, Shittuf has gone too far. If you turn around and you claim a chair is a cat, you can claim it as much as you like, but it's not true. And if you claim the chair is God, and you start bowing down to the chair... Right? And bringing up korbanas to the chair, you can claim the chair is God all you like, but that's Avadazarah. In other words, you've gone too far. You, there's a certain point where it's so obviously not, no longer Avodat Hashem that it's not a question of, ah, is it just adultery or is it actually kicking up? What you're doing is no longer Avodat Hashem. In other words, theology is so important for the Rambam that Shittuf has already gone too far to be on the boundary line. 
And therefore the Rambam says, even for Christians, this is Abba Dazra. At the end of the day, they're bowing down to a human being. It's beyond the pale. Tosva apparently was willing to say that uh, the theological boundaries are slightly more uh, fluid. And uh, this sort of shituf, it's not full-blown Abba Dazra, but it's already leaving Hashem. So if it's also for a non-Jew, it's also for a Jew, but it's not also for a, for a non-Jew. Just finish off with one, uh, one idea. I just mentioned now that once you're dealing with the, the world of, of Abu Dazara and you're seeing it as a world of adultery, so it makes sense that any, any flirtation with anything other than Hashem already becomes, already becomes problematic. You know, when questions arise, you know, people ask, well, you know, they, they, they're on a, they're on a holiday in the, you know, some godforsaken place in the world in the Far East or so. And they go into a souvenir shop and they buy something. And is it associated with Abba Is it not? Is it Mamash Abba Is it? All these sorts of questions. You know, that we should really think in our mind. What, what, what would be the answer in a marriage? And, and, and that's, that's the way we're supposed to view these things. The Ramam in Morena Bukhi basically turns half of the Torah, half of the Asura in the Torah, are geared at pulling us away from Abba Right? Things you would never have thought in a million years is connected to Abba Right? The Rama brings in Hilchas Avadazara, in Avadaz Kochavim, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the Mishnah Brewer, in the Mishnah Torah, and the Rama explains Basavachalav is connected to uh, Avadazara, and Klein is connected to Avadazara. So many things. Any small thing that compromises total fidelity, total closeness to Hashem, is something that, that is, is inappropriate. If a person really recognizes the, the value of the marriage that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara quotes this uh, line that uh, Avram Avinu also had Shas. I don't know what that means. But if we could just go over, get over the problem that I don't know what it means. Avram Avinu had a Shas. And in his Shas, our Shas has a safe prakim of in Mesechah Zavadah so the Gemara Abadah says, Gemara Chister Levimi, Gamiri, we have a tradition, Davodas Kochavim, Davram Avinu, Arbenea, Pirki Havi. He had 400 chapters to his Meches Avadazara. Right? He probably definitely made it the longest Mesechta in Shas. Um, 400 chapters. Like, what was written there already? Like, how could it be? So, okay, there were lots of different types of Avadazara in the time of Avram Avinu, but still 400 chapters. But if we understand that Avraminu had such a deep understanding of, of his connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu, you understand that every small infraction, every small thing, can already enter into the world of Avadazara. Because any small deviation from that intimate marriage that we're supposed to have with Hashem is already a problem. And then you really can fill 400 chapters with a discussion about it's inappropriate to do this because it pulls you away from Hashem. And it's inappropriate to that because it pulls you away from Hashem. And all those things really come into the world of, of Avadah. Zara. Okay, so that's the uh, two different uh, ideas that are really contained here. Uh, they're really contained to the most sadistic ideas uh, that we have.